Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Profumo d'Africa nella nuova Guinea La sentirai in Albania che assomiglia a casa mia Riparte dal Belgio arriva in Croazia Slovacchia Polonia e Romania Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Worldwide series This is a series all about our fans I'm convinced that we have the best fans in the world So I wanted to give our fans all over the world a platform where they can tell their stories and together we can continue to grow this amazing community. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. We're heading back to the U.S. We're heading back to New York for today's episode. Our guest is the founder of the Caltronopoli Club USA, and he is one half of the Raff and Raff rant. Ralph Pizarro, welcome to Fort Sinopoli. How you doing, Joel? Super happy to be here today. Oh, the pleasure is mine. I'm very excited about this episode. I'm a big fan of yours, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think we've got a lot of really good information that people are going to uh, enjoy. Yeah, definitely. This one's going to be a doozy, you know, especially exactly. anytime we speak about you know who, about you know what. <laughs> yeah, so, so let me just uh, get right into it then. Go I mean, on. we're in the middle of an international break, so we don't have any matches to review. So we've cooked up a bit of a special episode that I think everyone's going to enjoy we're going to talk about the possibility that De Laurentiis could sell the club. Obviously, there's been a lot of reports lately. We've been hearing people talk about Amazon and various different things. So we're going to go through that in great detail. But before we get to De Laurentiis, we always start these episodes with our guest story. So let me ask you, Biz, how did you become an Apple fan? I think the whole process was natural, considering that my family in Italy is from, well, from southern Italy, from the Caserta area. My brother played soccer for a little bit, and and he was a big Maradona fan. And I have like some faint memories of of watching some games on TV. So it was just natural. Everybody in the fam, most of the family was a Napoli fan. So naturally, I just kind of gravitated towards that team. How young were you? How far back can you remember really following the club? Oh boy, I mean, this was what eighty 
I mean, I was probably four years old. I remember growing up my first in Queens. Well, not my, I was four. I wasn't paying the rent or anything, but, (laughs) 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 but, you know, before I had moved on the block that I grew up on. So I couldn't have been older than five. And, you know, I wasn't a big sports nut. I was always drawing. I was kind of the creatista of the family, but I remember my brothers watching it and like Maradona and Napoli won. And so it was just an actual progression. Did your brothers all support Napoli as well? Because I know, you know, in some households like mine, for instance, mind you, we started watching seriously a little bit later, really just after the Maradona era. So mm. actually it was more during Napoli's sort of relegation year. So my brother was a Milanista. Okay. I used to support Inter, believe it or not. But, you know, I had to pick a team in Serie A. And then as soon as Napoli started coming back, then I, I reverted back to uh, to my dad's club. So did your brothers always support Napoli growing up? Yes, is the short answer. And they still do. I was really close to my uncle, as were my brothers growing up, my mother's brother. And he was a Napoli fan. So I guess being so close to him and him talking about Napoli and, and, and all that, made us kind of like want to be fans of them too. So I, I can attribute some of it to some family members from, from Italy that were Napoli fans. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, obviously, you know, now you're you know, a super fan, I guess you can say you're a diehard. You, you know, not only are you watching games, you're producing a lot of content. You've got a lot of different things going on. I mentioned in the intro that you founded the Caltro Napoli Club USA how did that come about? Which, by the way, for everyone who's not familiar, it's a predominantly organized through Facebook, a Facebook group. Facebook, yeah. We got a Discord as well. I have a link on my bio on Twitter, so I, I try to keep it open for people that want to come. It's kind of a funny story because there was a contingent of us that were in another Napoli group, and some of the, the discussions amongst people at times got a little bit heated, and there, there was just some aspects of it that... Some of us didn't like, so we kind of defected almost in a way, and <laughs> we started our own faction of of Napoli USA fanship or group, if you will. Which, so, by the way, this happens a lot more than people might think. <laughs> it, it does, it does, because even like from my group, other groups have started. So it's just like <laughs> the, the fun keeps going, you know, and and it's just it, it, it's just from faction to faction to faction, you know, not. Now we can kind of understand why world history did what it did, right? Because yeah. I think there's naturally we just end up branching out to doing all these different yeah, it's things. It's not bad enough that we argue with uh, other clubs fans. We, we have to go argue amongst ourselves. As right. Well. <laughs> exactly. 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 And I get it. Come on. Let's keep it real. The emotional intensity of a Napoli Don fan, let alone a Napoli Don, but you, you don't even have to be Italian because, I mean, we got people from all over the world in the group. Maybe just Napoli attracts this emotional value from people or or what have you. So, you know, we wear our hearts on our sleeves and we let it all go. We're not afraid to express our feelings. And yeah, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it could go wrong. It could go bad, especially on the Internet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's good. Sometimes people defect. So so that's how it started. But like, how did it grow? Because now it's up to I think last time I checked was. 360 plus members around there about 366 to be exact and then there's a good handful in in the discord and the best part of it all was gaining new friends 
and I got a lot of friends in Canada now. Like I, 2019, zero friends in Canada. 2021, it's like I think I know most of Toronto. You know, so like, <laughs> like if you're a Neapolitan in Toronto, I probably know you. That's the cool part, you know. So I, I think that's been the best part of it all, to be honest. It's just the the overall community, the friendships, and all the relationships that were formed through it. So you know, good or bad or indifferent, that's the best part. But it's growing little by little. You know, we're we're, we're trying. Yeah. And was that just sort of natural growth just from people posting content and telling their friends? For the most part, yeah. Again, since there was kind of like this contingent of us already that were kind of speaking to each other in the previous group, once we got to CNC USA, it was just a natural progression from there. Like we just kind of like picked up where we left off without all the other stuff, a little bit of the negativity kind of shining through and coming up so for the most part from that core it kind of started trickling down and evolving into this bigger group it's all referral based for the most part i mean there are a few kind of like randoms that find the group and come in but i do vet people it's not an open group you know because you end up getting a lot of like these people who try to sell things or some dating site or just some weird people so i've probably denied more people than I've actually approved. But that's only because it's just keeping out all these bots and and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So, Facebook is uh, yeah. you know a little iffy with yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you guys also have some great merchandise. So I'll share the link afterwards if people want to check that out. Right. Love that you guys now have onesies for babies. That was really yes. cool. <laughs> that was, yeah. So funny enough, <laughs> first of all, it was super cute. And it said Juve Poopy on it. it was, like, <laughs> Amazing. Right. If you're like, change it to Merda. I was like, no, the baby, they, they don't say Merda. I don't, actually, speak- I almost convinced my wife to let's go have another kid just so I could buy the onesie. <laughs> <laughs> you can still buy it, frame it, and put it next to the other jerseys, you know? Like, who knows, man? Maybe it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll become worth something one day when, you know. But um. I haven't started it. It was just a concept. So th- there were so many members that became fathers over the past year or so or uncles or something. There's just a lot of babies born in 2021. I mean, I think so I know why, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it did happen. And a couple people asked me, like, can you make baby gear? I was like, you know, I'll make drip for anybody. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll make TNC diapers if I could. I don't care. So I made this thing a while ago, but I never put it out, you know? we were doing some t-shirts and hoodies and i didn't want to like get it all mixed up in the fray so i was like let me wait you know maybe some more babies will pop out and then you know so we could sell some more onesies so yes there is a cnc onesie it does say uve poopy on it and it will be for sale soon so look out for that amazing i'll probably buy one anyways you're right yeah, I'll just why not i'm one buying one i haven't yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> All right, last thing uh, before we move on to part two, I wanted to ask about the rant. I've had your co-host, Rafa Rispo, on for mm-hmm. Fortunopoly Worldwide, but I don't think I asked them how that partnership started. So I'm curious to know, how did you and Rafa, who everyone knows as one of the hosts of the Far From Vesuvius podcast, and he was really right. carrying the torch for the crew while everyone was, you know, life hit and people were busy right. doing a lot of different things. And then you guys teamed up and it's, I think one of the best shows out there as far as Napoli coverage goes in English. Uh, So how did that partnership form? First of all, thank you for that. And, and, you know, the feeling is mutual here on the Fortunopoly podcast that as far as Rafa and I, it was actually, again, another random kind of like spur of the moment thing that happened. 
while he was doing Far From Vesuvius, he had mentioned about me coming to do a podcast with him. He's like, let's just do a rant. Let's just rant, like a Roth and Roth rant or something like that. And mind you, you know, we're just typing back and forth on Facebook while he's saying this to me. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, I have CNC USA. I was trying to promote the group. And I was like, oh, this would be great. I'll go on Far From Vesuvius. You know, we can have this rant. We can talk about Napoli, you know, plug the group. It'll be like this cross promotion thing. There'll be lots of fun. Rafa was like, no, 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 like, I, I want to make a show. And I was like, oh, okay. And so uh, so if what I was thinking, I'm like, here, I'm getting invited to do the show. Turns out I'm getting invited to co-host a show with him. And for me, it was like an automatic yes. I'm like, definitely. I was doing a thing with a, with a previous, uh, and he was a guest here with Dan Bowen. We, we did a little audio thing for a little bit. It fizzled out, but it was really like the start of all these ideas and then, honestly, randomly, Rafa hits me up, like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, let's go. Thought it was a, just an episode, but it ended up becoming a show. And it was kind of all downhill from there. So in, in January, it took like a month or so after we spoke about it to kind of get it off the ground. But then um, I'm going to say like in January 2021, we decided to, hey, let's just do it. And we just passed our one-year anniversary or something like that. So amazing i mean i've said this to you in private and the production value is just amazing and and you're that's your bread and butter i would say i mean i, I tell you this all the time as well yeah. you're, you're one of the more humble napoli fans that always sells yourself short in terms of your your knowledge and people will see what i mean when we get to part two but right. um I, I like i said i can't speak highly enough about the show you guys are doing a great job and, Thank you. and what i like about it is the interaction right like we've talked yeah. about having a community you have cnt usa on facebook where mm -hmm. you know we have our community on twitter and other platforms and and to have that live interaction with fans it's a lot of fun so uh keep up the good work with that thank you thank you so much a lot of fun i have too especially with the fans i think that's the best part of it is yeah. the interaction absolutely okay that'll do for part one in part two we'll talk about de laurentis and the growing rumors of a possible sale of the club Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to part two of the Forza Napoli podcast. So let's finally get to it. We're going to talk about De Laurentiis. We're going to talk about all of these rumors going on. It's very timely, I guess you can say. We've got, we've got nothing else to do, so we might as well talk about him during right. the international break. But right, right. Before I even start off, let me just say that Raph reached out to me about this maybe a month ago, maybe even longer ago, definitely before any rumors about all this Amazon stuff happening. So Raph was the first one to figure it out, just in case anyone was wondering. Elmas too, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and, and Elmas being the left winger. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Go on. Yeah, so but we're going to come back to Amazon later, but I want to start with the comments that Fiji President Gabriela Gravina made on January 20th to Corriere dello Sport. He said that the properties of Napoli and Hellas Verona have two years to sell. Of course, De Laurentiis owns Napoli and Bari. 
Maurizio Setti owns Hellas Verona and Mantova. I assume the two-year deadline is based on the fact that both Bari and Mantova play in Serie C, which means the soonest that either of those clubs could get to Serie A is in two years if they won back-to-back promotions. But before we even get to possibly selling Napoli, I'm just curious how you feel about this decision from the FAGC. Well, as far as giving this deadline, as in like if Gravina means that ADL has to sell in two years, whether body is an A or not, then I disagree with it because one, it goes against their current rules. And two, I understand what motivated it. It was with Latito and, and you know, with Lazio and Salanitana. I get it. We don't want to see that again. It, it, it's potentially kind of an embarrassing situation for the league. So I, I get it. And you want to protect the interests of the league and certainly not deal with any type of conflict of interest. But to now just say, oh, well, you know, De Laurentiis bought this before any of this happened. So as far as selling the team within two years, no matter what division that they're in, I'm not with it. You know, I think we should just follow the same rule with you can't own two teams in the same division or in Serie A. So that's number one. Yeah, it does seem like he is reacting to the whole Salernitana situation. I'm sort of torn on this. I think it goes without saying that you can't have two clubs in the same division because one team could let the other team win. That simply cannot be allowed. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Right, right. But I also understand the logic that even if clubs are not in the same division, there's a potential conflict of interest because the team that's in the lower division could feed players to the higher division clubs. I suppose there's also a risk of some more faulty accounting things like what we've seen with uh, right. players being sold to, to clubs at, at inflated values. But I would say that, I mean, that risk of owning multiple clubs in the same country, let's say, is no different than owning multiple clubs in different countries. And, you know, I, I look at the Pozzo family, for example, they own Udinez in Serie A mm-hmm. and they own Watford in the Premier League and they're constantly selling players back and forth. So, you right. know, you want to talk about shady accounting stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, like, right. Maybe, maybe let's look there. Whatever way you cut it, it's shady accounting, right? Yeah, exactly. But on the flip side, you could argue that if you're able to purchase a club and you scout well enough and you sign well enough and bring players through your Primavera well enough, to get promoted to Serie B, then I think maybe you have the right to move those players to Serie A. I feel like you almost kind of earned it. And I should also note that very few players in Serie B are actually good enough to play in Serie A. So for me, the risk that you might be feeding players from one team to the other is relatively low. Like you have the odd player like Gianluca Caprari, for example, Mm -hmm. that played a long time in Serie B and then broke through to Serie A and and did well enough. Mm But those are rare. I mean, most of the transfers in Serie yeah, A, they're coming from countries around Europe, you know, these slightly lower leagues, France, right. Netherlands, things sure. like Turkey, right? Um, to me, Serie B is more of a development league. It's a league that, you know, you take a player like Alessio Zerbin and you loan him out for a couple of years so he can grow and develop and become strong enough to come back and play in Serie yeah. The last point I would make is that if an owner is not allowed to have multiple clubs in the same division, then there's some challenges there as well, because even though the club might immediately increase in value upon being promoted, say from Serie B to Serie A, any savvy 
potential buyers will know that if you give that owner a deadline to sell the club, they can just wait. And eventually that value is going to start to plummet because they have to sell. You're forcing them to sell. Right, right. And you could argue that this is exactly what happened with Salernitana. Now, Claudio Lotito is a character and he did a lot of things and he lawyered up and dragged the whole process on. So he might have legitimately been trying to have two clubs yeah, the, yeah, in, he in the same division. But if we give him the benefit of the doubt, you could say that with Salernitana, he ended up selling the club for 10 million euros which is a fraction, I'm sure, of what the original offers were that right. he declined. So it's like you're punishing an owner for succeeding, for earning promotion. Right. So to me, I think at the very least, the owner should have the option of either sell the club by a certain deadline, whatever date you want to set in, in the mm-hmm. summer, or stay in Serie B. Given what, we've, what I said about the low risk of feeding players, I don't see that really being that big of an issue but the rules are what they are now Gravina seemed to assume that De Laurentiis would sell Bari and Seti would sell Mantova but that's not necessarily the case the rule is that an owner can only own one club it doesn't mean they have to keep the team that's in a higher division so if De Laurentiis wants he could keep Bari and sell Napoli and this is the really juicy part of the discussion right. So if I, I'm sorry to cut you off. If I can just add one thing. It was funny. I, I was going through a couple old articles today, actually, and I found one on ESPN. Uh, and I think this has to do possibly with ADL's attitude. So just an opinion, but it, it is something he said. There was a gentleman, Nicolo Brienza, who recently approached ADL about buying the club from him. And ADL gave him like a hard no. He's like, nope, I want Serie A. That's number one. Number two, uh, he did say on ESPN that it was a while, this was like back in 2018, that his goal was to get back to A. And this will come into the next part of the discussion. And also, he did say that we need to change the rules of Serie A and owning two teams. So based on that statement, ADL... Is very pro. I can own two teams in Serie A, and that's the way I think it should be. He even goes on to speak how the rules are antiquated, and maybe it will change, but it's kind of hard right now. Yeah, I think I stumbled across the same article while I was preparing for this. Episode. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, a bit of a stretch for me to think that you should be able to own <laughs> right in the same division. Right, I, I'm I'm trying to you know help the guy out here, but he's he's I'm like I can't defend you when you say no. We need two teams in Serie A. That's perfectly fine. I'm like, uh, and I know Gravino a couple of years ago he started also. He brought back the whole reserve team, right? And I think mm-hmm. Juve is the only team to do it with the under-23. So there's also that concept flying around right now. And will other teams start doing this, like how Juve did, having reserve teams where you can kind of bring people up without having to do loans or or any other shady business? But the team stays in Serie C, I believe. I don't think they get promoted. Yeah, so, they, so the rules with the Juve U23 team, I believe, is pretty similar to owning another club in the sense that, at least currently, that you can own both of them, but they can't play in the same division. So the highest that Juve's U23 team can go is Serie B. So I'm curious to see as well, then, if they will be forced to get rid of that team as well. Otherwise, I agree, clubs should just create their own U23 teams 
but and, don't they kind of fall under a different status? So the U23 team is a is considered a reserve team. So I think does that have it fall under another status? Like probably. I mean, trying to figure out some of these rules is uh, you can become a rocket scientist first. Right. But but right. No, I think I think what you're saying is accurate. Like I don't think Juve would have to get rid of the team. I think other clubs can start doing that as well. Right. And, and judging from the fact that it's a U23 team, that already is a sort of restriction on who's allowed to play for that team. Right, right, right. right. So um, yeah. it's not like De Laurentiis could just rename body Napoli U23 because they probably have a lot of players that are older than 23 and, and there's probably a process there. Yeah, actually, they're pretty... I think their average age is about 30. It's 29.8 yeah. <laughs> to be exact. So let's just call it 30. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably pretty common in Sedici and even Sedi B. So the reason why I thought this was a juicy topic is because based on our conversations privately, you actually think that De Laurentiis would sell Napoli instead of Body. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And my disclaimer here, Joey, this is all theory for me, all right? So before we start sharing this as fact, which we do sometimes out there, <laughs> yeah. this is a theory, okay? I'm trying to think like a businessman, right? Because let's keep it real. ADL is a businessman at heart, right? More than is a lover of soccer, okay? He even admits having no clue what to do when he first bought the team. So either way. And the first thing I thought about was the whole buy low, sell high. Right, just like any good businessman, for thirty million dollars that he paid for, the team now is worth. It's been the lowest it's been since uh, a couple years. I, I think transfer market values it about like four hundred fifty million. Yeah, again, when I was reading about this, he got an offer a few years ago. Now I can't validate this because some of the outlets that were reporting it weren't exactly the most credible, but. Mm-hmm. There was a report a few years ago, 2018, 2019, that Sheik Althani Althani, offered Mm -hmm. 560 million euros for the club. And De Laurentiis' response was, well, you're not including the cash that we have or the assets or something. And his view was that the club was worth 800 million at the time. So, I mean, compared to that 30 million euro uh, initial investment. That's, That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good return on your investment. All right. Pretty high right now. Still, pretty high. Come down a yeah. Little bit. yeah. I, I don't know where De Laurentiis got the $700 million valuation from. Uh, does he own a few pizzerias? I mean, like, what else is he throwing in there? You know, a uh, boat? I don't know. But yeah, I, I heard the same report $560 million. I'm going to think it's as credible as possible because I read it on multiple sites stating the same thing. And, and, and if there's one thing that we should know about the city of Napoli, the Comune, is that there has been a huge shift, I guess, in how Napoli, the city, conducts things. And one thing is they are really trying to focus on tourism. They realize that they can make a lot of money through tour. I mean, look, I'm from New York City. I mean, we make millions and millions of dollars per year just from tourism alone. I mean, we can sustain lots of businesses just from the people who come to visit. So there was a real shift in mentality in the city of Napoli. So Althani was attached to this tourism group. So I think that's why he was interested. Plus, like, let's be honest, like when you buy, you want room for growth, right? You you want something that's scalable. You want to have a little bit of meat on the bone to enjoy. And what better than to invest in 
some lower club in the South that is going to be cheaper and has massive potential. Napoli being the largest group in the South who is financially stable for the most part. I mean, this has got to be a buyer's dream. So if you are the type to hate ADL and want him to sell, then you should be totally for everything he's doing because it just seems as if that's the direction maybe that he may want to take. But again, it's speculation. The, the, the reason why I had said it with Body now in the mix coming up, and I, I don't think Body's going to be in Serie A in two years. I don't think so. He made a promise to them that he would be in Serie A B in three years. And he took him out of D. He went to C. They bowed out in a couple playoff rounds. They got really close but lost. And then the Barese went nuts. Oh, sell the team. You're a liar. Oh, you're going to do it in four instead of three. You're a liar. So, like, relax. Like, he's your team was a money laundering machine for a while. Here comes a legitimate businessman that your mayor picked personally to run the team because of his success in Napoli. He's going to get you to where you need to be. Just give him some time. Mind you, one of those years was the COVID years where everybody was doing bad. So- and it's not like they finished mid-table near the bottom. Since he bought the club, they finished in second. Then they finished in fourth. And for those who don't know how the promotion playoff works in Sedichi, so Sedichi has three groups, mm-hmm. A, B, and C. Each group has 20 teams or 18, whatever it is. Only the winner of each of those groups is automatically promoted to Serie B. Then there is a massive playoff, which is it's wild. Is the second through tenth place team yeah. of each group, of so each group. Like twenty-seven teams, right, <laughs> combined to play in the playoff to determine one more team that gets one more promoted. team, right? So it's not one more team in each group, right? Or is no, it one just more? one? So oh, it's just four, one. So four teams are promoted in total. The three winners and then the winner of this gigantic playoff. And then it's further convoluted because there's, depending on where you finish, there's like 18 rounds or whatever. And the higher up you finish in the table, you get buys to, for you come into the playoff a bit later. Right, right, right. (laughs) Right? So it's it's not an easy thing to do to get right. That's why the worst thing that can happen for a club is getting relegated from SETI B to SETI C because it becomes exponentially more difficult to get back up right that being said body are currently top of their group and they're seven points clear of monopoly in second so they could legitimately get promoted by winning the group this year right exactly mind you joe the previous two seasons they i think they went deep it was like a semifinal round, and the one before that was maybe a, a first rounder, but they got really, really close to getting to that other spot. So now they sit in first place. The Varese was complaining that Delorenti sold all the youth. Well, it seemed to have worked. <laughs> you know, I mean, we always hashtag play the kids, but let's keep it real. The 29 year olds are doing a pretty good job, you know, so leave that man be. And it's working out for him. And I think Body needs to be a little more patient because I, I think he'll make it. I think he wants it. That being said, they'll go to B potentially after the season. But how long are they going to be in B? You know, that's it's hard to predict. Like how well are they going to perform? They got to get used to that competition. They're going to have to make some moves. They may have to buy other players to make them more competitive. Like who knows? But let's just say in a perfect world, they make it and they go all the way to Serie A. And now 
we're stuck with this dilemma whether or not De Laurentiis has to choose, you know, between Napoli and Body. Well, you know, Body currently is worth about seven million or something like that. I was trying to find how much he bought it for, Joe. I, I'm not sure if you. I tried to find it too. The thing is, it was one of those situations where the team had basically gone bankrupt. It's similar to Napoli, right? Right. right. And he just kind of resurrected the club. So it's hard to find what that cost. Right. right. But for argument's sake, we know that it was a very small number. Right. (laughs) Like Like five, six euros. Like (laughs) (laughs) he might have even paid in lira. I don't know. Sorry, just spit out some water. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, considering the previous owner, the Creare Impresa, create. I mean, I mean, I, I was thinking. You remember that dude Creflo Dollar? What was he like? Uh, what's it called? Those priests, not priests, but the the, the <laughs> not a priest. Reverend. Those reverends, right? The one on TV, you know. Okay. <laughs> Creflo Dollar, create a flow of dollar. And you have the company Credera Impresa, create entity, who is basically laundering money for the team. And here yeah. comes a legitimate businessman. But he got it. He bring him up. We're in Serie A. What do you do? I mean, do you sell the team that could potentially bring you hundreds of millions of dollars? I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's like 73 years old. Right? So first of all, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely got the higher revenue potential. I think a big part of this, and I'll let you speak to this as well, is De Laurentiis's kids and whether he thinks they're capable of running Napoli the way he runs Napoli. It's yeah. one thing to run a six, seven, eight million euro club, which right. his son Luigi currently does in Sedi Chi. Right. It's an altogether different thing to run a 600, 700, 800 million euro club, right? In Napoli, mind you. Right? In Napoli of all places. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons as well for me that why I think he would lean towards selling Napoli and going with body. You mentioned his age. You look at his kids. He has three kids. Valentina's in the fashion industry. So I'm sure she's helping out with the whole self-production of the kits. Well, I'm, she, and she's doing a great job because we got like 30 of them. <laughs> yeah, she's pumping them out. Pumping um, them out is right. I mentioned that Luigi is the the current president of Body. I read an article written by ESPN as well in 2018 when De Laurentiis bought the club. And in the article, there was a quote from him saying that he had to he had talks and discussions to convince Luigi to take the role because yeah. up until that point, he didn't have an interest in football. So you have one son who really isn't that interested in the sport. Maybe he is more now that he's been in charge of a football club for a couple of years. Yeah. Then you have Eduardo or Edo, who's currently the vice president at Napoli. And I don't get the impression that he could exactly fill his father's boots. We all know about his role in the mutiny in 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he could fill maybe the Pozzo part of his. Pie, right. <laughs> he got that one down, you know. Yeah, I just don't know if he's got the business yeah. acumen that his sure. father has. So, right. to me, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, the Laurentis is getting older. His kids aren't really that well-suited to running right. a, a serious football club. Maybe he wants to kind of semi-retire so he can retire and still dabble and help out the kids with running body. Sure, That seems to make more sense to me than selling body and continuing on with Napoli. Right. I mean, first of all, Ido can't even stay awake in a press conference. I don't know if you saw that <laughs> one. The guy's yeah. falling asleep live, number one. Granted, I watched the press conference. This was the first press conference after the Silencio Stampa, by the way. 
And I fell asleep too. I'm, I'll just keep it real. It took me about three attempts to get the whole interview, but I went through it because once you kind of eat around all the fat that De Laurentiis gives you, there's some meaty answers in there. He just likes to talk about himself a little bit more in the Illuminati. And that's the truth. When people say, yeah, he mentioned the Illuminati. <laughs> they're like, no, I'm like, dude, watch it's it. There. This yeah. Guy's, yeah. It, it was like, uh, that movie with Tom Hanks, like part three. But Eno is definitely taking like a quick five-minute snoozer on that one. Number two, the first time we hear about some of his meddling, Ito, that is, it ends with a mutiny and Alan punching him in the face, right? I mean, not sure if that's the guy you want running a club, right? I mean, I'm thinking like ADL kind of gave Ito like his first job. Like, okay, son, listen, you're going to go there and you're going to let him know what he's let him know how it is here. Let him know how the De Laurentiis do it. And then he went and got punched. And the team had a mutiny. So not sure of his leadership abilities. So taking all that into account, the fact that if De Laurentiis, and I'm not talking about this year, next year, in a few years, in a couple seasons, after a couple seasons, maybe body takes some time to get up. Maybe he sells, you know, he gets a good offer and he sells even before body come up. Maybe body don't make it a B next year. Who knows like what could happen at the end of this season. So again, this is really all speculation, but what would you do? You're getting older. You don't think Ito is going to run it. Luigi is now happy go lucky in body. You can probably come off and make a, a couple hundred million, probably like 3 4 times what ADL is currently worth. It's nothing but profit. In a business sense, Napoli is the perfect team to sell off. Absolutely. And I'm not even wedded to the idea that they need to get promoted for De Laurentiis to sell Napoli. I don't think that matters. I think back to his kids, if he sells Napoli for, say, 500 million euros, they don't need to work and their kids don't need to work for the rest of their lives. No. And at that point, yeah, go hang out in Serici. I think he's also confident enough, having had this Napoli project, to feel like he can get Batty who said yeah it's just a matter of time and he just has to make the right moves that'll do for part two in part three we'll talk about the club's finances and whether that's any indication that De Laurentiis might sell the club and we'll talk about who a potential buyer might be with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to part three of the Fortsonopoly podcast. Let's move on to the financials a little bit because I think there may be an argument here, and we'll flush this out and see where we get with it. But there's been a number of reports about our financials um, and different financial situations around the club. Let's start with the city. The councillor of the municipality of Napoli, Gaetano Simeone, told Calcio Napoli 24 that the club owes the city 3.4 million euros in rent for stadium stadium rent, I guess, dating back to 2018. And he's vowed to keep an eye on that. But De Laurentiis is pretty close friends with the mayor of Napoli, Gaetano Manfredi. 
So I'm sure they'll sort that out. First, can you just give us a bit of a quick summary on what that situation is and where you think it's heading? Yeah, so currently, at the moment, from when COVID started up till now, I think De Laurentiis owes about 2.5 mil, 2.4 million in back rent. He's citing that he wants a break. Like, basically, he wants, like, a discount on the rent considering that there was restrictions in the stadiums, right? That they couldn't let anybody in or or it was only 25% capacity. So basically, like, his inability to earn from the games is the basis of his argument as to why he wants a reduction, at least for those three years, or at least for the money that he owes for the rent. Now, there's also, I think it's about 900000 to like a million dollars still in question pre-COVID. So he had made a large cash injection to the commune for about $5 million, like $4.9 million in rent. 900,000 or this 1 million more or less is still owed. So Manfredi, the mayor of the city is like, you still got to pay me this at full price. You still got to pay me this pre COVID 900,000 at full price. That's non-negotiable, but we can talk about this additional 2.4 million that we owe for rent. So that's number one, as far as money owed. Now, just to give a little bit of the backstory as well, the European union is giving Italy uh, approximately $250 billion in COVID relief fund. Now, this is the largest sum given to a country in the European Union. So Italy is getting the largest share of this huge relief fund that the European is dishing out to all these countries, which is in the amount of 250. Napoli, the city of Napoli, is getting a $1.9 billion, so let's just say almost a $2 billion loan to be paid back, I think it's like 2042 or something. So it's basically a 20-year loan to essentially as a relief fund for the city of Napoli. So I'm hearing all these numbers between the money owed, the money that's coming to Napoli, and the ambitions of the mayor, because he is a new mayor. He just beat out the Madriskis. And also with the new president or the prime minister of Italy, rather, kind of taking the country in a different direction. I'm starting to wonder if there's this talk going about because there will be essentially after the whole COVID is, you know, after this whole pandemic kind of dies down, there's going to be a rally in the world. You'll see markets going up. You'll see finances going up. And will Italy be on that on that wave or rather Napoli be on that wave as it comes up? So between all the money owed and all the money coming in, I'm trying to figure out if there's something going on there. But essentially... That's what's owed. 2.5 million during the COVID era in question that should be reduced and about $9 million pre-COVID that is still owed. That's non-negotiable. Okay. So my take is that the city are the ones who brought this up. So I doubt this really has anything to do with the club being sold. Now we do know that De Laurentiis is trying to get his books in order. Mm-hmm. You know, we learned that with the whole Insignia negotiation, there were rumors going around that De Laurentiis does not want to pay any players more than three and a half million euros net per season. Personally, I don't think that's much of an issue. So give me a second. I'll just kind of walk through my thoughts on this one. Okay. The only players that are making more than three and a half million euros heading into this season were Koulibaly, Insigne, Lozano, Mertens, Osimen, and Manolas. Insigne is gone. He's going to Toronto. Manolas is gone. He's going to Olympiacos, where he went already to Olympiacos. 
we know that Mertens is willing to take a pay cut to stay. It's just a matter of how much is the club willing to offer him. In all likelihood, I think Koulibaly would probably take a pay cut to stay as well. His contract expires in 2023. He'll turn 32 just before his contract expires. So I wouldn't be surprised if he took a pay cut at that point in his career, whether three and a half million is too much of a pay cut because he is the highest earning player on the team. He's somewhere around six million euros. That remains to be seen. He definitely still has a few good years left in him. Lozano was under contract until 2024, but given his desire to play for a quote-unquote bigger club, it wouldn't surprise me if the club sold him before the end of his contract anyways, especially if he wanted a higher pay. I mean, based on what he's provided so far in the first couple, you know, two and a half years or whatever of his contract, you could also argue that he should get a pay cut too, right? Yeah, right. I think out of all people. Exactly. So the two players that I'd be most concerned about are Victor Osimhen and Piotr Zielinski. Osimhen's under contract until 2025. So if De Laurentiis sells the club, then Osimhen might not even be his problem. That might be something that's dealt with after he sells the club. And then it's up to the new owner to decide what the you know, wage policy is. Right. Zielinski's under contract until 2024. So I think that would probably be the hardest decision because I think it's more likely that he will want a pay increase and probably deserves it. He'd be 30 years old at that time. So my hope is that he would be satisfied with just a an extension at the same pay. Again, right. three and a half million is right at that sort of cap. But personally, I don't even think that's the policy. I think it's far more likely that De Laurentiis imposes a policy of having a cap on the total of the team's wages around 75, 80, 85 right. million euros, whatever it is, because I mean, you, yeah, you might have a player like Osman that you give them five, five and a half, six, but then, you know, you make up for it by paying a few other guys less or, or bringing up some, you know, signing some young players. You know, we've mm-hmm. been linked to all these young guys from Empoli, from Hellas Verona and whatnot. Right. So on average, you can still get within that range. Now, this could be because De Laurentiis is selling the club, but it could also be because of the impact of COVID, sort of stating the obvious. So let me just go over the club's financials over the past few years. And this is from an article actually you sent me from Arianapoli.it. So we made 30 million euros in profit in 2019, which was added to our reserves. Apparently we have this, or at least had this reserve fund accumulating over the years, which is one of the reasons why it's such a stable club. In 2020, we lost 19 million euros, which doesn't seem that bad. But we have to remember that that was the season that we collected about 68 million euros on players that we had sold to clubs who had an obligation to purchase them at the end of the loan. So we got 22 million euros from Torino for Simone Verde. We got another 22 million euros from Parma for Roberto Inglese. We got 14 million euros from Cagliari for Marco Rog. And we got 9.5 million euros from Sassuolo for Vlad Kirikas. Then in 2021, we lost about 59 million euros. But as I've mentioned now a couple of times, I believe in previous episodes, we took advantage of some new Italian accounting rules that allowed us to assign a value to the brand. We had a third party consultant assign the value of the Napoli brand at 75 million euros. So we ended up making a small profit last year. So our books are in fairly good order, but you don't have to be an accountant to realize that our sources of income over the last couple of years were not normal. Again, we we had these old contracts that cashed in. That saved us in 2020. 
we had this brand thing that saved us in 2021. That's not a reliable stream of income. No. That's not something we can depend on. So with the stadiums practically empty, we need to find new ways to make money, like sponsorship deals with Socios and Amazon, like producing 10 different kits. Mm-hmm. And we need to find ways to cut costs. And the biggest cost that we have is our players' salaries. Right. So that's why De Laurentiis is reducing the wage bill because he knows that the current wage bill just isn't sustainable. Not until at least stadiums are full again and we get back to the sort of something more normal. So that's a long-winded summary of our financial situation. But to me, none of that really suggests, as I alluded to earlier, that the finances are necessarily the reason why he's selling. I think, or why he might sell. We don't know that he, what he's going to do. Right. I think it has a lot more to do with what you had mentioned earlier about buying low and selling high. Right. The financial health of the team, I don't think is what would motivate ADL to sell a team right now. I think he's probably been in worse positions, if not harder positions at, at some point through the ownership a couple of years ago. But I think he wants a number. Listen, if Althani, somebody from that group, really did offer the 560, and let's just assume that it's true, that would mean that De Laurentiis is valuing this team a lot higher, or at least its potential to a lot higher. And I'm kind of with him because it is really the most successful team in the South. It's one of the only teams to have a, a Scudetto trophy, one of them, among others, among all these giants from the North. And it has been a relatively healthy, well, financially healthy. I don't know about our players sometimes, but like a financially healthy team. And I think, you know, our greatest assets are the players. So it makes sense. I mean, I I think even in that article that goes on to speak about, you know, in these situations, there are really only two things you can do. you got to either cut your salary or invest in some type of infrastructure. And we all know Italy is notorious about investments and in infrastructure. That's not an ADL or a Napoli problem. That is an Italy problem. So it's like, well, what do you do? Are you going to spend more right now to get more in a time that is kind of uncertain after a you know two years not qualifying the champions? So no, the only other option is to reduce the wage bill, which, by the way, other teams are doing. I think even they, I think Juve just offered Dybala pay cut. So let's not start bashing our president calling them names because everybody does this you know like lots of people do this was it right for insignia i don't know that's debatable but still it is something that companies do yeah and and they're really they're just reacting to the economy right you know i I think what fans struggle with a lot is they see premier league club spending money they see rich owners at psg spending money but you look around italy Teams are are finding creative ways to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, Milan is taking an approach of going with young talent, so they're they're not spending a whole lot of money. Inter and Juve, relative to what they used to spend, are spending a lot less, and they both just injected a whole boatload of cash into a those clubs, right? Like Juve did a Excellent. share issuance and got about four hundred million euros injected into yeah. the club, two hundred and fifty million of which was from their parent company, right? And then a whole bunch of banks and stuff contributed the rest. Inter just did a a new bond, which I think was just to replace expiring debts, but that was another 400 million euros for them. So you can't really compare, but no one is really spending that much money. 
we're close to running out of time. So I want to close with the natural question that you would ask if De Laurentiis would sell the club. And the question is, well, who would he sell it to? Now, this is where all the rumors about Amazon came up. I think it was initially reported by Luca Cerchione of One Station Radio. He tweeted that Amazon will purchase the club in 2023-24 and that the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona would be renamed the Amazon Arena Maradona. Now, he took a lot of flack for this report. So, Great know, way to get know. clicks, certainly, on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his Twitter account is private now, so I think people must have really gone at him for that one. But oh, yeah. what do you make of the reports that Amazon might be a potential suitor? I would buy extra Prime accounts immediately, but <laughs> that would be my first reaction. But they're just rumors. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that I wasn't like my eyes didn't open up a little bit. My heart twinkled my stomach. I felt some butterflies when I heard Jeff Bezos, one of the richest men in the world, may buy Napoli because let's be honest, that, that would be awesome. But I think the rumors started with kind of like a mixing of a lot of different information. So if I'll breeze through that so we won't waste too much time, Joe. I'll give you the quick rundown here. So November 21, Michael Kalari. Now, Michael Kalari is the director of Blue Origin, which is the space program under Jeff Bezos. If you don't know, Campania in Italy has some of the top aero engineer schools in Italy. In fact, Federico II, which is a, a college in Napoli, has mm-hmm. the number one school for aero engineering in Campania. And they're also ranked number 33 in all of Europe. So we're in the top 50 for that. Consider the other 32 are in Germany. I are in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, right? <laughs> Gotta be one in Switzerland or something or Sweden, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. But Hey, number 33 companionopoly, pretty good, you know? So that all together, plus with Amazon, they do have a warehouse there. My uncle just, he was laid off from work and then ended up getting a job with Amazon. So, you know, I, I have many things for Jeff Bezos giving out jobs there. So they do have that. It is the biggest port city. You can go on and on as to why Napoli would be a prime location for Amazon. But in addition to that, because of this whole aerospace thing kind of going on, these new space astronaut tourists and this new buzz that's going on between Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they're considering extending their space program in, I believe it's Castella di Mare Stabia. So this guy, Michael Calari, in November 21, he visited Castella di Mare Stabia and he met with their counselor. Her name is Diana Carosella, I believe. And he went to one of their museums. They were just kind of walking, you know, shooting the shit, just kind of talking. And the big topic of the conversation is to like whether or not he can extend the space program to Campania. So you got this guy that's, you know, right hand with uh, Jeff Bezos. You got the fact that Napoli, I, I think they're the only team with a Amazon store. Now they're the sponsors and, and all this buzz going around about Amazon and the fact that deep down inside there's like a huge contingent of Napoli Donny that want ADL to sell the club for whatever reason. So you start, you know, it's kind of like, uh, what was that? right, right. Connecting the dots. But it's like really just rumors that kind of like just mixed and had a baby, you know, have you watched the movie A Beautiful Mind? 
Yes, that is my one of my favorite ones. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit of that going on. Like maybe <laughs> finding things that aren't really there. <laughs> right. Like little lights popping up in the equation. It's like Jeff Bezos, Napoli, <laughs> sell yeah. it. Yeah, Jeff Bezos by Napoli. No, but I think what's happening is that they're trying to extend the space program, and it just got kind of mixed up. So I started asking myself, okay, wait, hold on though. Why would Jeff Bezos buy Napoli then? Like. What, what's the purpose of buying Napoli? And to be honest, there is none, you know, unless he wanted to use them as a way to promote it. You know, let's be honest. You own Napoli. It's like you own the key to the city or at least the key to the hearts of every citizen in that city. So you can wield a lot of power with that if you own that team and you can probably gain a lot of approval and I'm sure you can get a lot of the politicians on your side if you need, you know, eh, don't worry about it. Pass this law so we can send our rocket ship in space. I don't know. Again, complete speculation. Will Jeff Bezos buy Napoli? I don't know, man. Don't put your hopes up. Don't put your hopes up quite yet. But ADL selling Napoli could happen. I don't know if it's going to be to Jeff Bezos. I think it's a couple stories that just kind of got all mingled up and you know, a new story popped up. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a, a little bit of wishful thinking happening there. And people, uh, you know, on the last episode with uh, John Luca, we talked about the secret and people trying to, uh, <laughs> to will things into existence. So I think yeah. maybe there's a little bit of that going on, but I think that's the perfect place to wrap it up. Raph. Sure. Yes, like yes. I said, at the top, you, you sell yourself short, full <laughs> of knowledge. That was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the pod and uh, sharing all of that with us. Thank you for having me, Joe. It was certainly a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine, honestly. Um, you can find Raph in about eighteen thousand different places online. So I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna name a couple of them. First of all, Calcio Napoli Club USA on Facebook. Raph and Raph Rant is on various different platforms. I'll give you the Twitter one, which is at Raph and Raph. You can find ralph himself on twitter what's your twitter handle raff underscore biz so r-a-f-f underscore b as in boy i-z-z perfect thank you you can find me on twitter at joe underscore fisketti five and you can find the podcast on twitter instagram and facebook at forza napoli pod i'm not exactly sure when i'll be back for another episode i think i'm going to do at least one more before the end of the international break to get everyone caught up on the latest news including how our players are doing at AFCON. We'll review our latest Feminile matches. The Primavera are finally going to be back on Saturday. So that's something to watch if you guys are looking for some some Napoli stuff to watch. They're uh, playing on Saturday. It's their first game, assuming the game doesn't get postponed. They haven't played since December 19th. Uh, They had a long winter break, and then their last few matches were postponed due to COVID. So if you're looking for some content, check that out. Check out our next episode. But until next time, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre. Network. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.